Imagine if someone told you that in order to stay fit, you needed to snack on movement. Yes, movement snacks just might keep you fit and make your brain happy. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Hey, y'all. What's up? What's going on? I'm ready to snack. How about you, Heather? Heather's always ready to snack. I am a what they call a snack or we have on Brock Armstrong today who says good just make sure you snack on movement we're about to dig into that in just a second but I wanted to let you guys know I'm so proud of Greg Clunas host of Tiny Leaps big changes recurring co-host guest on this show great human he launched his very first app this month and it's called Upward so if you are looking for an accountability partner with all these habits and tips and tricks that we talk about on our show and his show, you can go on Upward and actually be connected with someone who has a similar goal as you. And you guys can chat with each other on the app and keep each other accountable because we know that's it's a big pain point. You might know what to do, but actually doing it while well, accountability partner will help. So if you go to the show notes, it's linked there right now. It is just on Apple, but we'll be coming to Android pretty soon. That is the Upward app and it is linked in the show notes. Now, Brock Armstrong, he is a CBT practitioner and fitness and movement expert, also the host of Change Academy podcast. And when we connected, he told me that in order to have a happy brain, he suggests movement snacks. I was a marathon and triathlon coach for years and years and dabbled in personal training and stuff eventually got to the point where I was realizing that giving people yet another race to train for or another program to follow or another diet, well, meal plan or something like that, it would achieve a goal for a certain amount of time. It would get them across the finish line for, for whatever it was. But when I was looking at the greater health and the better well-being of my clients, that wasn't the solution. So that actually led me to become a cognitive behavior therapy practitioner, which really filled in those gaps because I found myself constantly saying to my clients, you know, you don't need another race to train for. What you need is to reset or heal your relationship with food and movement. Like just doing another race or following another program wasn't going to get them where they wanted to be or where I wanted them to be, which is healthy, happy, capable, strong, able to move through this world with confidence and ease. That's what I really look at fitness as now. So the idea of movement snacks actually sort of came out of the idea that many people can adhere to one of those kind of programs I'd give them for a certain amount of time. But then life gets in the way, you get busy, you know, and there's even some people out there who don't actually enjoy exercising, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> I know you're a, a runner. You hit a, a thousand and one miles. Is that right? That's it. That's yeah. it. The congratulations on that. Uh, but a lot of people just don't enjoy movement and, and exercise, and they really look at it as a punishment or or a penance that they have to do in order to either give them the freedom to indulge or to to pay uh, retribution for yeah, the, the excitement and the partying or whatever they did the night before. 
So the idea of, of breaking things down into, into really manageable chunks became sort of my, my life's goal. And luckily, there's a whole lot of science that comes along with that, that we actually at the beginning of there's this great study that happened at the beginning of, of COVID at Kent University, where they actually prescribed <laughs> that people don't worry about doing the dedicated exercise time and, and don't focus on just that. But by breaking up your sedentary behavior, by getting out of your chair on a regular basis over that eight hour workday and doing some sort of movement, you're actually able to get those wonderful health and mental health benefits. I know we want to focus on those mental health benefits being being happy brain after all. Yeah. And there's no better way to get a happy brain than to get your body up and moving. So the the studies really have highlighted the idea that it's great. Like if you enjoy doing those exercise, I love it. I every day I do a workout of some variety or another. But also finding those ways to have these movement snacks throughout your day where you just get up out of your chair and do something to get your heart rate up, challenge your muscles a little bit, tease your mobility and your balance, and do that more consistently for short amounts of time throughout the day brings you all those those great benefits. And we can talk about the the benefits if if you want, because yeah. I feel like a lot of people are probably saying, well, that doesn't burn a lot of calories, Brock. I mean, what's the point of doing that? It's not going to burn a lot of calories. And to that, I say, that's the wrong way to look at it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in just a second, but I have okay. a mindset thing that I struggle with around that. First, you're right. Like the the whole training execution on things like that isn't for me, my experience, I haven't had the kind of results you would think that you would have. Like I, I ran twice as much this year than I did last year, but I still weigh exactly the same. look exactly the same. There's literally no different. Like granted, I did enjoy it. So there's that element, but as far as like, you would think running twice as much, you would like lose weight or something. But granted, you know, when you eat ice cream on the side, that doesn't help. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're right on that point. I guess what I struggle mentally, I'm a routine driven kind of gal. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to say, okay, at 3 PM, I'm going to go run a few miles and I'm going to come back and I'll be done. And then I'll shower and then I'll be ready in time for this meeting at 4.30 or whatever. Breaking things down the day, these snack things, my mind automatically goes to panic of like productivity and how I don't have time to do that. And that's going to not make me as productive or focused throughout the day, which I will admit, I think is probably incorrect in a mindset it, issue that absolutely, I have. It's totally, Help me. Help totally me. incorrect. <laughs> Taking breaks is the best way to boost creativity, boost productivity to, to keep you from falling into the lulls. We have this horrible, and I really think it comes from that idea that if you're suffering in some way, if you're really like gritting your teeth and powering through something that you're virtuous, there's something more virtuous about you and you're like the go-getter gets up at 4 a.m. It doesn't get up at 11 a.m. doesn't matter how little or much sleep you got. The 4 a.m. person is more virtuous, more pro productive, which is totally... You're calling me out. <laughs> and You're and right. the same thing goes for this. Like some of the greatest inventors and thinkers of, well, all of history went for walks. Like they would mm -hmm. go for a walk if they ran into a problem, if they were trying to solve the problem, they would get up on their feet and go for a walk. There's a wonderful... Uh, walk in Kyoto in, in Japan okay. that was where all the philosophers 
walked and, and the poets and stuff and you can walk along this canal and it just sort of reinforced for me it's like yep this is so much better have you like walked getting... there i did did yes. it feel like did you feel like presence did, or but i think weird? i I'm very, I'm one of those romantic kind of persons <laughs> that is, I got into that position. And of course I got a little teary and a little flutter in my stomach because that's the kind of person I am. But it really does uh, hammer home the idea that like, not only is it not more productive to just continue to work, but we do get those boosts of endorphins. We get the blood flow moving. We get more oxygenation to our brain. There's a whole lot of physiological reasons why not only is it mood elevating to get more movement into your day, like, and there's study after study that shows that getting movement, especially outdoors, is as effective as many of the um, SSRIs or antidepressant drugs out I there. Believe that. And I'm not saying like I'm someone who was on SSRIs. I think they may have saved my life in some ways. They got me to a point where I was able to do the work to to heal myself and eventually come off the SSRIs. I'm not poo-pooing them at all. But in conjunction with that, or if you're if you feel like you can handle it without, getting the movement into your into your life can make such a difference. And even just from like a smart <laughs> level of your your brain capacity, we know that it makes you more creative. It makes you it actually creates an environment in your brain for new neuronal connections to be mm. to be made and actually new new um new cells in in your brain like we we well i shouldn't say we the the really smart people who study the brain at one point thought that we actually stopped making brain cells at a certain point in our life and there's nothing we can do that's not true and God. exercise <laughs> actually increases the ability for your brain to to make those so whether you're depressed or anxious or just wanting to be more productive and smart exercise movement let's call it that instead of exercise getting some movement into your mm. day is just just really really valuable how do you how do you implement this practically throughout your day do you have a certain like time like every 90 minutes how long like is there like a routine around that or is it just more of a consciousness around movement well, eventually it can become a, a sort of consciousness and it becomes a habit. It becomes a, a lifestyle and routine. And I've been doing this for so long that I don't worry about it anymore. But one of the things that got me really nice and, and solidified, and this is how I, I suggest that the people I coach now do it, is to set an alarm. Like they're, <laughs> We're surrounded by devices that can do countdowns and do alarms and stuff. So setting an alarm to go off every hour let's say on the hour, if that works for your schedule, to just give you a gentle reminder, maybe it's time to get up and, and do something. And occasionally, yes, I am too busy and I'm actually like in flow and I don't want to break it. So I'll hit the, the skip for that hour. But the next time it pops up, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I should probably get up and, and do some movement now. And once you've been doing that long enough, then you actually start to feel the cues. You know, when you stand up from sitting for too long and you actually have to like unfurl your hip flexors and you're like that sort of groaning creaking thing that's your body telling you you've been sitting for too long i, I could go on a whole rant about ergonomics if you want but ergonomics <laughs> yeah ergonomics was basically the answer to a question we shouldn't have been asking like we asked the question how can i make it more comfortable for me to sit for longer periods of time without getting stiff which is the wrong thing to ask. We should have been asking, why am I sitting so long that I'm actually getting stiff? So we should have invented an ejector seat rather than ergonomics because one would actually like cure us and give us the, the movement that our body's actually craving. 
rather than just making it easier for us to do something that is biomechanically well, destructive, to be quite frank. It's not just... Business idea. That's awesome. You know, eject your seat every hour. It pushes you up <laughs> into a standing position. You're like in some important meeting and it's just like... Whew. You know what I think is interesting about what you're teaching here is you're not only a practitioner of this, but you have a history with strenuous exercise and training triathlons. I mean, that's not a freaking joke and marathons and so forth. And just kind of looking back high level over, you know, you've been involved in, in two worlds, like just intentional snacking movement, right? And <laughs> and not putting a lot of strain and pressure and, you know, uh, whatever around that. And also too, dedicated training of like yeah. busting your ass and getting into that mindset. Comparing those two worlds, like how do you kind of conceptualize the role and the place for both of them? Is there still a place? Do you still advocate for the strenuous training at all? I do. Well, and this is where I like to, to on the, the Change Academy podcast, which you were a wonderful guest on just, just recently, we have really differentiated between goals and objectives. Now, goals are those things that are really fun to achieve, and they kind of make life worth living in, in some ways, like running a marathon or writing a book or one of those kind of things. Like that's, that's a goal. And then objectives are sort of those bigger overarching kind of things. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really think the movement snacks tie into is the bigger objective of being a healthy, happy, strong, capable human. That's where the movement snacks fit in. If yes. you have a goal of having bigger biceps or doing a marathon or running a thousand know, miles in a year, <laughs> running a thousand miles in a year. Absolutely. That's a very interesting, fun goal to have, like but that. it's kind of like the dessert. Like if you need to have your meal, you need to have your well-rounded meal first in order to support that, that. ability to then have your dessert. Make sure you connect with Brock at brockarmstrong.com. That is linked in the show notes. But before we go, Brock, anything else? I think the the thing that is really important for people to keep in mind is there really is four criteria that takes movement, our regular movement, and turns it into exercise. And I think we, we overcomplicate it beyond this. But the first thing is that it needs to raise your heart rate a little or a lot. Just get your heart rate up, get your, your breathing a little a little heavier. The second one is it needs to challenge your muscles a little or a lot, just so you're you're feeling like, oh yeah, this is this is working. I can feel like I'm I'm pushing myself a little bit. And the third thing is to tease your stability, your coordination, your balance, all those things that just sort of help you move through the world and that we tend to lose as we get older. Mm. And then the fourth, the fi fourth final thing is that you need to do it consistently. Doing it once on a weekend, the weekend warriors out there, you do it once and then don't do anything for the rest of the week. Uh, it's better than nothing, but it's even better if you do less, but more consistently. All right, y'all. You heard the man. Get to snacking. Get to stinking snacking. Listen, whether it is tapping into your subconscious, using practical breath work, or snacking on movement. We just hope you take a moment for yourself today, my friends, and keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.